Hey, fellas, look what I found in my pocket. Look, a year's salary right here. What I call them? Fun coupons. See that? A fun coupon. I'm on the Snoop John B. Grandfather and me. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Pebble Beach Golf Links isn't one of your favorites, then you are an odd breed, strange golf fan to say, say the least. Another tournament with multiple courses and Spyglass Hill will of course be missing shot link data for this weekend for all you analytic lovers out there. But this is the breakdown of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, or should I say, no amateurs, love it. So this is for DraftKings, and of course the cut line is going to bring you pure fuego. And for those of you that don't speak Spanish, that's fire. Well, so long as we've got some time to kill, I think I'll have a beer. We don't have no beer, just tequila. What, what's tequila? Yeah, it's like beer. Is it fattening? Fattening? Forget it. If it's like beer, we'll have some. Three tequilas. Sure, sure, amigos. Enjoy yourselves. Try not to get into too much troubles, okay? <laughs> hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Australia. New Zealand. Germany. Spain. Italy. France. Uh, who are we missing? South Africa? We'll say, of course, hello. I think. I think we had Portugal last week. Not quite sure. But anyways, city after city, coast after coast, the cut line is continuing to eject itself worldwide in every country. But still, there are too many Hoosiers. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. Many of you on the West Coast may not know this, but there's actually a state called Indiana. Really, I'm not kidding. Today, we're going to find out about it. So why don't you grab a drink, sit down, and we'll get going. Many call this this show too hot to handle, too cold to hold. Cream of the crop always rising to the top. The constantly refreshing, invigorating, hysterical show that will continue to bring you the best information it can. And we'll start right away here. DJ has withdrawn from the Pebble Beach. He's gone. Gone. DJ, done. Don't roster him. Boring. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Six of six was not plentiful last week. First week of 2021 to have an outcome like that in DFS. First losing week of the year, and I'm okay with that because I had a buddy, Tom Doyle, out there who dominated gambling. Round one, nailed the winner. Round two, nailed the winner. Had the outright on Brooks Kepka. It was like a $100 million weekend for Tom. Kudos to him, listener of the show. I knew the risk that I took this weekend in DFS, and it was worth it. You know, like fading Willie Z last weekend. You know something? You suck. Yes, I'm a moron. 
But that brings us to the good, the bad, and the ugly of last weekend's tournament at the Waste Management. First of all, the good. I nailed the MGs, man. That 6K range smashed it. We were 5 of 6 with the MGs. Remember, these are not just guarantees in the 6K range. These are guarantees that we will have finished in the top 25 or better. We nailed Tringale, Bradley, Han, Varner, Naismith, and of course that turd Redmond missed the cut, which could have helped. But say, more good than bad. And of course, X with the second place finish, we said that. The bad, the fade of Brooks Kepka. I said, wait and see, and I should have just played him. I should have just bet him. Maybe get some more return on that investment. Oh, well, you live, you learn. The ugly, can't do it, we're way off. Reached too far in guys like Willie Z, Sam Burns. I saw the ownership. I thought I was getting cute. Made mistakes. I will give myself Palmer, though. That was a fade. I'll take it. He made the cut, but he sucked. So we're good with that. <sighs> the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis at AT&T Pebble Beach. And we're going to do the best we can can nice beaver thank you i just had it stuffed let me help you with that to make sure you're cashing big on sunday in addition we'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside sun traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door and now the goal of the cut lines to make sure you're creating the best lineups winning lineups lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line and if you need leverage, I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. And even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com in the discount option. Write the word cut line and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Remember, Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled, especially this week. Huge this week. Of course, we give a shout-out to PGA Tour. Stats they provide, Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, better lineups. My process starts with these sources and gives me a huge leg up when compared to the rest of the industry. Are your lineups in the gutter? It's probably because you're not using Fantasy National. You're ending up at the wrong end of the flag stick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? This week, the PGA Tour heads to Pebble Beach in the AT&T Pro-Am. Two courses this year. No Pro-Am, no amateurs, not three courses. Get rid of Spyglass. Get rid of it. Sorry, Monterey. Get rid of Monterey. We're keeping Spyglass. Anyways, pinpoint accuracy, scoring to succeed on these courses. And I would just love to golf Pebble someday. It's a goal. It's a goal of mine. And remember, there is no shot link data on Spyglass. Let me take you home. What do we need for this weekend's tournament? What do we know about the courses? Well, Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill, it is a two-round cut. And then the top 65 in ties. Oh, I love Pebble Beach. Not a major, but that's okay. Typically, the wind is the biggest factor here in being the tormentor of all golfers. When we look at this week weekend weather we are looking at something that is quite volatile right now thursday pmt time looks like it's going to run in some wind factors but remember this is california the coast wind can change on a dime and so can weather so make sure you guys are paying attention all the way up through lineup lock just to make sure you can leverage the best you can 
Pebble Beach, in terms of course difficulty, we're looking at top 10 for that and Spyglass last year. Of course, that is with a shortened season, so it's kind of hard to really value gauge that. Um, typically hovers in those teen ranges with spine glasses, typically in the 20s, and that's okay. It's a short course. We're looking at approach. Ball striking and driving distance here is very short compared to the tour average simply because people aren't using drivers on these courses. All right, we got small greens. Scrambling is going to come into key here. It is a fun little course. Boom. And it's so gorgeous. So gorgeous. My key stats for the weekend. Approach, ball striking, strokes gained around the green, scrambling, opportunities gained. And you got to look at some putting on POA because this is the first time this year we're going to look at POA as the putting surface for our PGA Tour players. But now the question you're asking yourself, who are we going to play in this weekend's tournament? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. Welcome to the Cut Line Signature Segment, the Birdie or Better segment, where we break down the best plays of this weekend's tournament from the top tier 11K range all the way down through the 7K range. And wow, DraftKings did not do us any favors. Of course, this is a soft field compared to what we've seen so far this year. And, and I kind of mentioned this on Twitter. No golfer lost value or percentage who played last weekend. In fact, almost every golfer that played last weekend gained value, even those that missed cuts. So you guys need to understand that DraftKings is making it harder this week to make lineups. And lineup construction is going to be key. It's going to be pivotal in your success in your process so we're going to start in that top tier range and i'm telling you right now i like all the golfers that are up there i do so we're looking at casey we're looking at burger we're looking at <clears throat> excuse me we're looking at casey we're looking at burger we're looking at cantley and the thing is if I, if i were going to rank these guys from a dfs perspective i'm going reverse order in terms of price i'm going burger Casey and then Cantley, and I'm just gonna bet Cantley. That's the plan, right? I don't think I want to go up to 11.3. I don't think he can get that value here, and and obviously I could be wrong. But the thing is, I just don't know if there's enough value below him to make him a value and warranted play to make that the best option, optimal option for my lineup construction. Now, looking at the course history for these three guys, all right, all three have an average finishing position in the top 30. Cantley actually the worst of the three with a 31st average finish, but he's got 11th last year, 35th in 2018 and 48th in 2017. While Casey 64th, second and eighth in the last three years. And of course, then you're looking at Daniel Berger who finished in fifth last year. Berger really fits this course. So does Casey. So does Cantlay. The good thing you have in terms of an ownership projection, Berger missed the cut on the number last weekend. So it could reduce ownership for a guy who is probably one of the most elite golfers in the field. Is it really going to happen? Highly unlikely. You're still going to get double-digit ownership. It's not a leverage spot by any means, but still it should be reduced ownership. But we'll see. After that DJ news, all this ownership is going to change. It's going to change drastically to where people are going to play. So it'll be interesting to see. 
Now, looking at these three in the confidence model, they all rank in the top 10. They all rank in the top 10 in the aggregate model. Where there is some concern, the putting for Casey on POA, historically bad. But look, these are small greens, okay? I know he's had success here. Granted, he hasn't played since the American Express where he finished in eighth, but he has been playing overseas. So that is something to be keen on. He's been doing actually very quite well overseas. So I am going to buy into Casey, Berger, and Cantlay. If I have to pick the three, though, pick two out of those three, I'm going Casey and Berger. So we're going to that 9K range, and this is where we are not going to traditionally start with highest to low. We are going straight to Jordan Spieth. You're going to have to make a hard decision this weekend. It's polarizing, right? Do I go back to Jordan Spieth, who looked like old Jordan Spieth of, of major winning days? Or do I say, really? Was he really able to do that? Come on. Now, I would be concerned about going away from Spieth. If we were on a course that was long, you need a driver to be successful, and it was difficult, but that's just not the case here. Speed is not going to be having that little ball going right all the time. So he's in play, but at what point, at what ownership percentage do you say, uh-uh, I'm going underweight or I'm going to fade? And I think if we start getting to that mid to upper 20s that's when you got to make key decisions here on Jordan Spieth he's going to be popular everyone loves him everyone loved him when he was the best golfer in the world it makes no sense for for anyone not to play him after what they saw last weekend except when you think about just how poor he has been I will say this last year we questioned Spieth's ability finished ninth place so he does love playing here at Pebble Beach um we don't have to worry about his off-the-tee game, his approach game recently. He's top 11 in the last 12 rounds, top 28 in putting in the last 12 rounds, top 10 in scoring in the last 12 rounds. So Jordan Spieth fits that mold. Will Zalatoris keeps continuing to prove that he belongs on tour as a regular. There's no doubt in my mind. I was the dumbass that says can't do it last weekend. 17th at the Waste Management, 7th at the Farmers, 52nd at the OHL, has played here before and finished in 2018, finished 68th place. You look at his just his approach game is arguably the best in the field. Okay. He in the last 50 rounds, he ranks 12th overall, 36 rounds, ranks second in my approach model, first in the last 24, and fifth in the last 12 rounds. He's dominating the course. The thing is, though, he's a terrible putter on POA. So if you need a reason or rationale to say, hey, I don't want to play Willie Z, that's about it. Because in my overall stat model, he ranks number three. In my confidence model, number two. I mean, it's hard to get away from Will Zalatoris right now. He is going to be highly owned. There's no doubt about that. Again, you're going to need to leverage position and we'll see what happens. All right. But Willie Z's in play. Jason Day, interesting play. I like him as a as a golfer, especially if that ownership gets sub 10%. Um, it doesn't remind me of like Brooks Kepka last weekend. I don't think he has the, as much win equity, but I will say he does have some and he has been playing a lot better. But other guys that I really like in this 9K range, Siwoo Kim, Molinari, Burns, and Davis. Now, I've been a Burns hater so far this year, but I'm coming back to him here on this tournament. I just have. I, I know when... 
I look at certain like ownership percentages and you just say, no, I'm not taking that much burns. And of course we got the inflated price at 9,100, but when you're looking at the field, it makes sense, right? 22nd last week at the waste management, 18th at the farmers. And you look at him in his approach game, top 20 in the last 12 rounds. In the last 50 rounds, he ranks top five. He's going to have solid distance off the tee, and he's a decent putter on POA. In my overall stat model, he ranks top 20. So he really kind of fits this course so well. I would say like in the top 30 of the golfers, he probably ranks in the top 25, top 20 tier in terms of golfer ability, golfer skill set. In my projection model, he ranks 7th overall. So I do love Sam Burns in this spot. Next guy I want to talk about is Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim's already won on tour this year. Let's go win another one. Siwoo. Siwoo. And you look at his course history here. It's interesting. Miscut, fourth place, didn't play. Miscut, 35th. Average finishing position of made cuts is 20th. When you look at his average finishing position of this so far in these last uh, six tournaments that he's played in, average finishing of 25th. So Siwoo Kim at $9,400 does need to finish better than 25th. In my projection model, he ranks top 10. So if Siwoo can get hot, can get rolling, I think he's a valuable play. Now, a guy who's getting a lot of love lately that I did not think was going to, I thought I was hoping he would stand under the radar, but he's not, is Molinari. Molinari is going to get talked up big. And I think now with DJ out, people are going to be looking at this 9K build structure, the 9K load up on like 7K guys, which realistically is probably the ideal setup. Just getting the right mix of guys together in the right pattern is what you need to do. Molinari can be a key cog to that wheel. The thing is, he fits this course. He does. He is an incredible approach player at this point in time. I get it. Had a terrible year last year. Don't get me wrong. You're going to look at models. He's going to last 50 rounds. He looks terrible. But in terms of his approach now, top 10 in the last 12 rounds, top 30 in the last 24 rounds, looked good when we got back from the COVID break. He's been scoring recently as he ranks top seven, top 20 in the my scoring model. Here's the thing. Here's the caveat. Last five years, 2020, 19, 18, 17, 16, has not played the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So you do have concerns there. He's played Pebble before. I'm good with that, but not here in this particular style where you're going to play Spyglass. I'm still on board with Molinari. Uh, last guy I'm going to mention briefly is Cam Davis. Cam Davis been playing hot lately. Three of three cuts in the last six tournaments that we've seen. Um, average finishing position in 22nd place. At the min price of the 9K range at 9,000, he's finished 38th and 59th here. We're hoping we're obviously an approved top 20 finish here for Cameron Davis. But the thing is, he's got the approach game for it. Just sucks at putting. You got a hot putter for Cam Davis. He's most definitely in play. The 8K range is interesting, right? You have Streelman, Homa, Norlander, Mickelson, Tringali, Steele, Norin, Harmon, Jones, Naismith, Han, and that's it. Now, I am going back to Naismith again. I've talked about him every show, every tournament he's in. I think he's got a great approach game. You're always worried about the putter. That's what you're worried about, Matthew Naismith. These greens are small. He's going to attack that flag stick, get some birdies, get going. That's what we're hoping for with Naismith. But the guy I love most in this range is Brian Harmon. Brian Harmon fits this course. He is a great, great, great approach player in the field historically 
In the last 15 rounds, he ranks top 20 in this field. Unfortunately, right now, that approach game is a tad off. So let's hope some range sessions fixed all those problems. He is a risky play. He's a low ownership pivot play. But the thing is, even with his approach being so kind of off kilter, he's made cuts. He uh, 36th at the Waste Management, 8th at the Amex, 56th at the Sony, 30th at the OHL. Okay, so we are looking at a Brian Harmon that is actually quite successful. The no course history, sh- sure, it, it kind of concerns me, but I'm still going to take Brian Harmon. I like the upside, and I like the reduced ownership of one of the better players on tour. Continuing on, Henrik Norlander, he's been on fire lately. I'm still going to stick with him. I know he's 8,700, and I'm going to be like, well, it's ridiculous to pay that much money, especially for a guy who's best finished here in the last five years is 25th place. Still, Norlander looking good. Recent form, waste management, 22nd. Second at the Farmers and 12th at the American Express. We're going to keep cracking top 10s with Norlander. Fine, I'll take him even when he is $8,700. The reason why he's doing it, his approach game has been on point, as it always is. Of course, the high risk with Norlander, the putter. If the putter gets cold, he's going to have a hard, hard, long weekend. Maybe that weekend might be cut short. Needless to say, he's still in play for me. Two guys I want to mention next, Tringale and Brendan Steele. Kind of the same boat here that we've seen. Um, Steele is not the same score and approach player that Tringale is historically, but long-term, both are very excellent at their craft in the approach game. Both have been solid in their recent form. Um, Tringale's played in three straight tournaments, with his worst finish being a 56th and two top 20s, while Steele... Finished 30th, 21st, 4th, and with a miscut at the OHL. So he's 3 of 4 with an average finishing position of 18th. The one caveat, Steele has never played here before in this tournament. Tringale, when you look at his history here, not very good. But we talked in January at the TOC about guys we liked coming up that were not necessarily at that at that tournament, but like were viable options to play in the future. Tringale is always on my list. He's always one of those guys that I feel and see constant improvement from throughout the year. So don't be surprised if we go back to him. Um, one little nugget though with Tringale. Looking at Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, which you'll find on Fanchair Sports, Tringale doesn't fit the course. Top 10 of my projections model though. Top 10. We talked about Harmon. We talked about Naismith. So we'll leave Matt Jones and James Hahn. James Hahn, man. Oh, God. What could have been last week? Top 10, finishing 10th place. Such a volatile history here, though, at the 18th Pibble Breach Program. Miscut, miscut, 26-58, miscut. So he is high risk. But the thing is, I love his approach game right now. Like, he's, he's a decent approach player. And again, you're looking at a hot putter. I get it. Like we don't want to play these guys who are always like, so like fickle with the putter or inconsistent with it. But the thing is, that's how you win tournaments. You pick these guys that are inconsistent in parts of their game that clicks for four straight days and boom, you win some cash. Of course, the same concept with Matt Jones, great approach player. Curious how he's going to do with the short stick. Um, In terms of his course history here though, fifth place last year, 53rd miscut, 23rd and 11th. So we've seen a lot of success come from Matt Jokes' camp here in this course. Of course, my projection model finishes 22nd overall. When you look at him in the dance model, 22nd overall. Once again, aggregate model, which takes all my models into account, 22nd. It's crazy. Matt Jones finishes in 22nd. It was a sign. It was a sign. So 
the 7K range, as usual, is where the money is going to be made. You're going to have to make some tough decisions because let's be realistic. This 7K range and 6K range are filled with some very, very, very bad golfers. But let's like talk about the ones I like. I am going back to Chris Kirk. I loved Chris Kirk last weekend. Absolutely loved him. He got eight out by the course. Absolutely ate up, especially on the second day. I think he was plus three on that second day. And I'm fine with that. Okay. The fact is, even in the last 12 rounds, even at that abysmal round last weekend, he's top 10 in approach still. I'm going back there. I get it. The course history does not scream, play me, play me, play me. With miscut last year, miscut in 2018, and a 39th place finish in 2017. But look, before his miscut last weekend, 16th at the American Express, 2nd at the Sony, 46th at the OHL. So we're seeing consistency from Chris Kirk. I'm hoping that it was just a blip in the radar, and he's going to be quite all right and ready to roll for this weekend and quite be quite successful. All right, the next guy I'm going to mention is Peter Malnati. Now, I don't normally like playing with him because he's just terrible off the tee. But as we know, playing here at Pebble, you don't need driver, right? You don't need driver to be successful. You don't need to be the long hitter to hit successful. It's about approach. It's about scoring. It's about finesse. Malnati fits those types of courses. Of course, he's a decent putter on POA. So in the approach model, he ranks 34th overall in the last 12 rounds. In the scoring model, he ranks 6th overall in the last 50 rounds. And I like seeing that from a guy who's 7,800. So the question is, what is ownership going to get at? This is where this 7K range becomes pivotal because who are you going to play? Who are you not going to play? Who are you going to pivot to? And I think all these guys are viable options against one another. So if you want to play Malnati because he's low owned compared to like someone like Chris Kirk because he gets talked up, go ahead and do it. But again, if you're looking at single digit ownership, you know, this is where you just get to make some t- tough choices and kind of keep your ear to the rails thing to consider. HV3, I always love going to him, especially to when he's had success at a tournament. Um, I think he could play well here. History says no, unfortunately, that he's just not really necessarily a fit for this course. Even in my projection model, he ranks 36 for this specific course projection. He ranks 96. He's just never played well here. Um, and, of course, you have a miscut here last year. Though I do like his form, man. Top 20 last week, 13, uh, uh, 13th place finish. So, we're looking at something good for HV3. What I do like about him, he's a solid approach player, solid, decent off the tee. Scoring's been way off, and the putter, if it gets cold, we're going to have a you know a quick miscut on, on, on HV3, but still, I think he's a viable option. Next, guys, I want to mention the 7K range. We got Scott Stallings, Gim, Stanley, Hogue, Moore, Hoffman, and Percy. Scott Piercy is one of my least favorite guys to play. But in this range, it just seems like it makes sense if I'm coming down to $7,100. I think it's a bargain. I think it's way too cheap. If you look at his course history, I think that's going to inflate ownership. If Piercy gets to double digits, uh uh-uh. I can't do it. I can't do double digits, Scott Piercy, even though the course history is impeccable. I just can't own a 10% 7K guy when I think a lot of line of constructions are going to involve this lower half of the 7K range. Be smart with these plays, guys. If, if they are going to over-own certain plays, look to pivot in this range. These golfers are pr- pretty similar uh, in, in terms of like their ability to score, 
approach, all those things. So someone's going to be very popular this weekend who kind of fits that mold, Joel Dahman. I think Joel Dahman would end up being double-digit ownership above 50%. If that's the case, no, thank you. Even if he makes the cut, I don't see like huge success for Joel Dahman this weekend. Um, his game is just brutal. Like three straight missed cuts that have been bad. So to say that you've gotten the kinks out, I don't think so. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, so looking at Hogue, Moore, and Hoffman, again, not a lot of great course history here, not a lot of recent form that we want to talk about. We just talked about, like, Dahman being terrible. Ryan Moore has been awful the last three tournaments, missing tournament, missing tournament, missing the cut. Like, he's been bad, but again, I just think Ryan Moore fits better here. He's got the approach model. (coughs) Excuse me. The putting and everything to go with it, so... Um, Charlie Hoffman, again, the, the back is an issue. The course history is an issue, but so what? I'm going to go back to this guy, 137th in the official world golf rankings. Projection model finishes top 15. Doesn't necessarily finish the course in terms of like suitability, but still I like him. Um, but if I had to pick those between those three at 7,300, I like Hogue, Moore, and Hoffman in that order. And that'll do it for the 7K range. Right, there's a lot of guys in here that 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 I think are going to get talked up. Right, um, you want to play like Johnny Vegas and and trust that putter. I I I'm sick of getting burned by it. And the approach game's been off, so no thank you. Probably not. I could most definitely see going to Sam Ryder. Um, solid approach player. Again, we're we're worried about the putter, but you look at his course history here in 2018 in the 68th place. He does have three straight made cuts though. But are we looking at fatigue here? Because he has played in four straight tournaments. So there's a lot to consider here in this 7K range. And I think as it continues, breaks out, breaks down. You look at ownership, you can get a clear idea and clear picture where people are going. You could follow the crowd and di- diversify your lineup somewhere else. There's a lot of options here in this 7K range. But you're sick of knowing who to play. Who are we not going to play this weekend? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. No, 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 hell no. Can't do it. So this is everyone's favorite segment. Can't do it, won't do it. The plays in this weekend's tournament that are double digit ownership that we can not play and there are three three simple answers to this weekend my can'ts do it the first one is ricky fowler right now ricky fowler coming in at just 10 percent ownership so that could drop below our 10 percent 10 percent threshold but that's fine the guy has been terrible in approach and you need that to be successful here missed the cut last weekend we saw him just fall apart in his last 50 rounds he does rank in the top 30 in the field but before that or after that 44th, 42nd, 40th. He's not scoring anymore, and the putter, for whatever reason, on POA, cold. I don't like Ricky Fowler for this course. I don't think he fits the mold at 10%. Ricky Fowler is a can't do it. Russell Knox is the second option, and I think this is a good pivot away from bad chalk. Russell Knox is terrible on POA. He is a decent approach player. Don't get me wrong there. But you look at this course history here, people are going to be chasing that 14th and 15th place they saw in 2019 and 2018. But he hasn't been in the greatest form the last two tournaments. 
53rd last weekend at the Waste Management, missed the cut at the Farmers. Granted, he had some success at the American Express, but then missed the cut at the Sony. So I'm not buying this huge 7800 Russell Knox chalk. I get it. I see the upside here. But if he is going to be like double digit, 16, 17% owned, Russell Knox, no way, no thank you. Last option though, Wyndham Clark. Uh-uh, can't do it. I know he's had success here in the past before. He's at $7,700. He's going to be popular. You look at the last two rounds. He made the cut here at the AT&T Pebble Beach uh, uh, Pro-Am. 18th last year. Mm -mm. Not buying this chalk, especially with an approach game like that. No, thank you. You guys can eat your Wyndham Clark. So those are the three can't do it's for the weekend. List micro larger, though. Just micro larger because you got a lot of guys here that could come in double digit ownership that I just, I'll pivot away from. Pay attention on Twitter. All right, let's do it. Let's break down that 6K. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. So you want to ride it while it's hot? This is the MG Monsters and Guarantee where in this 6K range we look at the 6K players that are going to finish in the top 25 or better. Monsters. We are five of six last week, dominating so far this year. But guess what? I hate the 6K range this week. Being that this is a weaker field, we see this in DraftKings pricing. There are plenty of issues at hand to be dealt with. So looking, first of all, 6,900 CT Pond. Now, I know the volatility with the putter. I understand the course rank and all the issues that we have. Doesn't fit well necessarily for this course, but on my overall stat model, ranks 22. Scoring model is where it's concerning, but you need the hot putter to score. And this is where I'm banking on CT to come through. Did miss the cut last weekend, but if you look at his last 12 rounds and his approach ranking, he ranks 33rd, man. And I'll take that. I'll take the risk of 6,900 CT pond. Hopefully get a hot putter. All these 6K plays are going to have risk. So um, the, the, these guys are like bottom barrels, man. Bottom barrels. But still, we're going to play them. the MGs. Next guy is Cameron Piercy. Uh, I'm sorry, Cameron Percy. Percy does fit in Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, ranks number 29. In my confidence model, ranks 36. In my aggregate model, number 20. Of course, struggles putting on this surface. Course history, mixed results. The one time he made the cut in 2017, top 10 it. Other than that, 2018, 2016, missed the cut. Didn't play last weekend at the Waste Management, but did play at the Farmers. Finished 48th with the made cut, the, missed the cut at the American Express. Did withdraw from the OHL. Percy, high risk, volatile play, 6,900. Um, in my projections model, though, does rank out number 56. So it's just clearing the cut. We're hoping for another hot putter. The last three guys rank in the 68 to 6,600 range, and that is Roger Sloan, Jim Herman, and Josh Teeter. These are guys who are just looking to project well in my model. In my aggregate model, all rank in the top 50. Overall stat model rank in the top 50. Uh, again, volatile putters, things that we are concerned about. With Teeter, I like him the most of those three with his ability to score. Again, we're looking at a better putter than Sloan and Herman. 
with those two. We're looking for just a hot weekend putter. Course history here, brutal. All right, all of them have missed cuts. Sloan played in here in 2019, missed the cut. Herman made the cut in 2020, finished 55th, but did top 20 in 2016 with the 17th place. So we've seen that confidence maybe to get through it. And remember, the format of this tournament is just different. It's not a pro-am anymore. So we could have some potential changes and things that we're not anticipating this weekend. So those are the MGs, man. Let's hopefully they hit. Like, like this, this 6K range is brutal. Brutal, to say the least. And... It'd be curious where people are going to go. Are they going to go, you know, for someone like Hadley, um, who's kind of like a name, not necessarily a name brand down here, but but someone who has some interest. Will Gordon, uh, 6,700, but his game's been off. Do we really want to go for Will Gordon, who, whose approach game has been abysmal? Um, ranks 123rd in the field in the last 12 rounds. Typically not that strong approach player that we've seen, but he is um, a decent putter on POA. Um, we could go to Duffner, but again, this is just high volatility here. Um, I'm not planning on going below that $6,500 range. I know there's some plays down here with some good course history, like Op Oppenheim with 38th, 47th, 8th, and another made cut and finished in 70th. But I don't know if I want to go below that 6,500 threshold. Rob just fits that 6,500 spot. I'm still not on, in love with it. I'm sure guys will go to Seamus Power. He gets some love, absolutely. Lebiota is a name we commonly see. So there are names down here, but it's a lot of bad golf that's really what it comes down to like you go to Gligic who, who finished in 55th 38th finish for Vincent Whaley like if you really want to go back to Whaley I know we touted him earlier um this year <clears throat> I'm just not on board so there's a lot of guys corn fairy guys you know the world's your oyster down here but remember you're playing with fire and there are four rounds so you're hoping for like top 25 to get to that ultimate GPP win but that's the MG. Let's wrap it up. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. Another excellent show. Breakdown of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Want to give a huge shout-out to you, the listener. Thank you for spending your time with us. Also want to thank Fanshare Sports. FanshareSports.com, the only place for ownership. Join us next week as we break down one of my favorite tournaments, Genesis Open. Sunday's yours. Go and get them. Cut line. <laughs>